powerful word you and I can really glean is just God come in and calling you your name. David, Jenny, Andrew, Florence, Betsy, whatever name it might be. And she realized the difference just because she heard her own name. Jesus says, now don't cling to me. If I've not yet ascended to the Father, go to my brothers and tell them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went telling the news of the disciples, I saw the Master. And she told them everything he had said. She became the first resurrected apostle. Because that's the sending. She is the first apostolic appointment given the task after the resurrection. Far too long the church has not seen that. But at least we're beginning to realize it at the moment. That she was the apostle to the apostle. That's why Jesus berated the apostles for not receiving her later on. But she went with this declaration and message and told them everything. She had a deep, deep encounter of resurrection. It wasn't the body on the cross. It wasn't. She went for one thing. She went to care for the body after death. But resurrection hit her in the face and transformed her life. Or she'd already been transformed. By the way, she was not the um, harlot that many have put out. She was not the prostitute. It was Gregory, um, Bishop Gregory, which became the Pope way back in the four, 500 years, actually started to call her that. But she was not. She just came from Magdalene, which was a, a fishing village. She was a very wealthy lady. Because she was one, actually, that funded Jesus with others. And she got hit by resurrection sounded in her name. I don't know about you, but my journey into Christ, I was 16. I was cold. I was miserable. There was a gang of us. We were just out in the rain one cold summer. It was summer. I don't know what it was. It was cold and wet. Sorry, I forgot to put my... Uh, up here. And it was cold and it was wet in South Wales and we just wanted somewhere warm to sit and we ended up, we knew there was this little meeting, Pentecostal thing, they served coffee after the meeting. So about 10 or 15 of us sort of gate crashed for coffee. And having gone in, uh, there was a guy there, I didn't know who he was, he was full of pep, full of life, full of bounce. His name was Ray Bevan. And Raymond is pouncing around and Raymond made an appeal and can't even remember the appeal and I don't know why I put my hand up. Can't work it out. And he took three of us who responded to his appeal into a back room and I stood in the back room and I have no idea what happened. Because for me, it was like the if you've ever read the Pilgrim's Progress, he finds a weight on his back. And at one moment when he realizes the truth, the weight is wrenched from his back and collapsed. And I collapsed. I never read Pilgrim's Progress, so I didn't know at that time. But I don't know what it was. I just collapsed to the floor and my whole life poured out in tears. I'm 16. I do not have much of a life to pour out. I'm just a valley boy. And I encountered, huh, how can I put it, a mystical experience. And resurrection stepped in on me. And from that moment on, the running crew I ran with, as I walked up the street, they'd cross the street and walk down the other side. I became a pariah, but resurrection had taken hold of me. And down in the valleys, they'd wonder how long you'd last for. And that was the church, let alone the people. 
I went back home from that evening. My house backed onto this little Pentecostal church. And as I went back home, I opened the door and walked in. I came from a very Welsh nationalistic background. I couldn't speak a word of English till I was 11. That's my problem. I don't know what your lot is. But anyway, I couldn't work. And as I went into the home, my mother turned around to me and said, what's happened to you? I said, nothing. Something's different. What's happened to you? It's in your face. And I told her, she said, that's it. We've lost you. And what she was actually saying, we've lost you to the Welsh cause and the Welsh nationalism. Resurrection had hit me. You know, we got, well, my sins are forgiven. It's not enough. Resurrection needs to hit you. That the whole sense, yes, there's a, this life delivered. Yes, my sins are, all those terms, but it was resurrection. And each one of you have had a similar experience. Some of you may not have had it at that point. As I left the little church building, one of the guys there said to me, um, you need to get filled with the Spirit. And the only Spirit I knew, I played rugby for the town, and the only Spirit I knew came in a bottle. And I thought, great. He said, come with us tomorrow night, and you get filled with the Spirit. And I thought, where, where are we going? Uh, we're just going up to Hirwine, which is where Sandra lived. Uh, up to Hirwine, and when we come up there, you get filled with the Spirit. I said, as I'm walking out, I said, which was a phrase in the back, is it falling down clothes or standing up clothes? Which basically means, am I going to get a skin full and fall down, or do I need to keep neat and tidy? That's the only way I knew it. And he said, no, no, do I, well, do I need to bring my money? How much do I need to bring? No, no, no money. And I thought, hey, what I got into? I'm going to have the Spirit and no money. I went along to this little revival meeting that was pulsating with God in this little tin shed. And this guy said, who wants to be filled with the Spirit? I thought, well, they told me. I said, oh, you know. I didn't have a clue when I spoke in tongues. But the reality for me is I got filled with the Spirit the evening before and the tongue just flipped the next night. But I met Resurrection. And constantly it's been something God revealed in my life all the time in this resurrection. And I would say for every one of us, there's a mystery experience. Not that you go for the experience, but you're looking for the Christ meeting. And it becomes, you can't explain it. I remember being here 25 years ago. On two occasions, and as I'm ministering, I have an out-of-body experience here, and I'm up watching myself, I'm watching everyone. And for 20 minutes, I'm outside of my body. And I spoke to a man that we knew called Ernie Hammond. I got, Ernie, this is what's happened. And that's all I could hear Ernie, the other side of the phone, saying to me, oh, God help him. Oh, God help him. Ernie, it doesn't help me. Oh, God help him, as I'm explaining all that I was going through. And he said to me, son, you'll never pray it up. Fast it up. Work it up. It's a divine moment that's just come upon you. But every time you stand, you long for it. I'm not saying back to experience. But there are encounters each one of you've had that I'm going to try and shake the apple off the tree that you recall that encounter of yourself which was the wow of resurrection and is the onward going of resurrection inside you. Sometimes you lose and you get blunt. That's all I can say is step back into that resurrection encounter. And I don't know about you, but for me, there's probably not been many, probably five, six times, boom, what a Mack truck has hit me again. That isn't in the sense of manifestation. It's the inner life that's hit again and resurrection's trapped in. And I'm so glad that it happened. I had this resurrection encounter with the Christ. And I had to work out from that moment my theology. Now here's the tension. Here's my dilemma. 
Sometimes you then try and work out where does it fit in God's, where's the theology, where's it in doctrine, and you get so far away from the resurrection, you lose yourself. You see, your salvation is come in the encounter of Christ, not in the knowledge of theology you have. Because I discovered this, that the knowledge of theology I have is in a dynamic place, but my encounter is where my life is in Christ, that daily I need to, I long for, not in a mystical, not in a manifest, but to long to encounter the Christ as soon as I open my eyes. That my conversation continues from my sleep into my awaking days, that inside me is the sense of, oh Lord Jesus, that the communion that what I want I, for you and for me and for everyone that loves Jesus is a constant communion with Christ. That there's never a moment you're not in that deep communion, that sense of conversation, that sense of thought. It's not far from the mind. It's not far from the heart. That constantly I'm in the communion with Christ all the time. Knowing that what I believe, I believe, but also knowing the Christ and the Christ of Revelation assists me to understand what I believe. You see, because if it's just theology, we'll fall out. But if it is an encounter of Christ, we'll live together with difference. But the wow of resurrection, what is it for you? When did you meet Christ? I don't mean the Christ of mind. I don't mean the Christ of intellect. I don't mean the Christ of the page. When did the Christ step off the page and say, hello, here am I? We've talked this morning about here I am. The only here I am you need to say to is the meeting of the Christ. Not the meeting of pages, not the meeting of intellect, not the meeting of books. But when Christ comes, I say, here I am. Otherwise, what the valley? When was it when the last time? When was it for you? I don't care if it's 50 years ago. When was it for you that the resurrection came and knocked on your door and said, here I am? For I'm the resurrected Christ that has come into your life. That's come and dwell that comes. The Christ in you is through resurrection. See, the center of our Christian faith is the meeting of the Christ. And then what we tend to do is construct my theological thoughts from there. Here's what I must say to you in this sense. There was a time, and I could still do it today, I could teach you ladies how to, the need of head covering and probably convince some, an awful lot of you to wear it. Because I can teach you that well. And I can undermine where I now stand, that it's cultural, etc. if you want me to, and place it into the angelic realm. But I constructed a theology that became a dominant and I had to change when I met the Christ. Too many are trying to change mind without meeting the Christ. And to see what purpose the Christ is. See, theology is... If I put it down to this, I'll give you an easy line maybe what theology is. Theology is not what you know. It's a way of thinking. Doctrine is what you can come on. But theology is a way of thinking. And it's this. It's as we speak of God revealed in Christ. That's my theology. And that should be all our theology. That's the space within our minds. I'm not here on anyone, and I'm asking you not to demolish your faith, but to restore it. Some of the pictures today, I think the uh, apple taking you back, some of the God. See, what God is doing is restoring our relationship. 
back into the image and likeness of God, but our relationship with God that humanity had in the garden. That Ish and Isha, Adam and Eve, humanity in Adama, walked with God in the intimacy of the day, and they lost that intimate relationship, that constant lifestyle, and salvation, getting your sins sorted, it's about restoring that relationship, removing the obstacles of the relationship, removing what prevents. And you know as well as I know, it was a one event, but I've had repentance virtually daily because it's a constant turning away from the things that cuts God out and constantly, constantly turning around to where God is. The wow of resurrection See, if it's just down to the way I think only without resurrection, my God gets small. If you, <laughs> the God I understand in my mind is ever so small because I've grasped in my mind. And what God does in resurrection is to say, I'm bigger than your thinking pattern. I am greater than what you've established. I'm going to come travel with me. And see how vast God is. See how different God has to be, is necessary to different cultures and different worlds and different settings and different dynamics rather than this Western Welsh teenager background. God of resurrection. I've discovered a few times that if I do not hold on to this resurrection, my thinking gets impoverished. My thinking gets caught in modern fundamentalism. My thinking gets caught in narrow. If I don't allow the resurrection of Christ and the resurrection to enter in, the in, out, who's in, who's not, the black. Whoa. Have you noticed God turns up on the people you said, told God he couldn't turn up on? Have you noticed that God turns up in circumstances that you've barred God long before? I mean, I used to be years ago. I was, Sandra comes from an environment where my mom and dad would bar going to the cinema. And they went to see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and went guilty for months. See, that's the impoverishedness of this. But I know many preachers today that preach from films. What's happened? They met a resurrected Christ and adjusted the impoverished thought and the lockup that was in there. I've discovered a few times that the construction I've made in my mind... I've realized I can't live in it anymore. I'm an architect. I'm a surveyor by background. I, I build houses. I built them. And, I, and gee, man, living with my wife, once we put the furniture around on four walls, it's time to move again. We haven't got, you know, there's only four walls in a room. Once you've done the four walls, you need to move. Can't live in this construct anymore. That's what resurrection does to you. See, it's not now disconnecting our faith. It's restoring our faith to what is always meant to be is a living expression in Christ, in the dynamic of Christ, in the life of Christ, manifesting the Christ, thinking like Christ. Hmm. How many times have all of us here have come embarrassed with some of the statements that we feel. Huh. I'm embarrassed with thinking that God is a violent, angry God. But I put that on some people. I'm embarrassed 
in what we've, I've thought eschatological, that is the end time teaching. I'm embarrassed with some of the thoughts that I've pigeonholed. But thank God I've met the resurrection. And the resurrection is not embarrassed with me. But there's a beauty in this whole thing. Listen, Jesus called fishermen, common, ordinary people. It's not about the high-powered and the big conference. Jesus called the common, ordinary, the most ordinary people you can consider. People like you and me. Ordinary. It's been so often stated, but so often forgotten. A movement that was brought to totally replace the whole present movement of this world was headed by a carpenter and a group of fishermen. Unbelievable. It's only resurrection. Even when the scribe came to Jesus and said, you know, um, I want to follow you and um, what should I do? And Jesus says, all I want you to do is go home. Sort things out. And then Jesus says, foxes have holes. Birds of heaven have nests. But son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Which is not quite true because he did own a house. But it's what he, the Christ is communicating here. And the scribe wouldn't do it. See, a carpenter knows this. Or anyone who's constructing, it can be an engineer, it can be whatever, anyone who's constructing anything, you have to bring or begin with raw materials to build anything. Wood for a carpenter, slab of metal for the engineer maybe. But the wood cut and planed and fitted for another structure to be made. So Jesus began with raw materials. It was the kingdom of God in humanity. Hello, raw materials. You're not lacking. We are just raw materials from time to time. To get into you and me and reduce life to its simplicities. To become like a little child. Resurrection in the midst of raw materials. There's a man called Daniel Strickland said this, If you want to really encounter God's world, feel God's heart, know God's will, and understand God's intentions, we must let the word of God imprint lead us to the word of God in person called resurrection that we meet the resurrected Christ not the Christ of page that can be a tool and a very dynamic and a very powerful tool to lead us in print the God the word until we meet the living word the transformation of a baby in a cave with the off-scouring of the cattle shed to a carpenter, to a prophet, to a triumphal entry, to a messy pulp on a cross, and now risen to be the Christ of Pathmos, the Isle of Pathmos that John saw, to be in the revelator's eye. That's resurrection. That's what God has done for you and for me in meeting us in the way, in resurrection. See, when, do you remember I, I read earlier that Jesus said to Mary, now don't cling to me, 
for I have not yet ascended. Strange statement, really, isn't it? Let me suggest something to you, which I think is a bit more than a suggestion. But let me put it like this. See, what Jesus was saying is, Mary, if you cling to me in this condition, for I've not yet resurrected to the ascension fully, stop thinking of me as the old pattern. You cling to me here now, and I'm still the Jesus that walked with you for three years. But wait until I ascend it, because you need to cling to the Christ of resurrection, not the Christ as you knew me once. Yes, I did miracle. Yes, I moved. Yes, I was dynamic. Yes, I brought deliverance. Yes, but don't cling to me. For I have not yet ascended. That is, I am not the Christ of eternity and eternal measure yet. For I have not ascended. See, and that's my plea today for you in resurrection. Don't cling to the old historic Jesus. Cling to the revelator of the eternal Jesus. Oh, the word will fill out. The word will display because Jesus came along and he totally expressed God. He was the exact representation of God, the Hebrew writer puts it. So as I read and as I look, there's a full representation of God coming across. But don't cling to the non-ascended, resurrected Christ. Find the encounter. When did you meet him last? That's not a good, when was it? It's bringing back. I'm trying to, some of us so bury it in disappointment, so bury it in just life's facts, so bury it in experience. I'm trying to unplug the stones and get the well flowing. What, when was it you met? And you think, oh God, I don't know what that was. I'm not the experiment. When you met this person called the Christ and came so living to us, one of the things I am in the season we're going towards, I'm very conscious of this. Have you noticed how many times and the environment that Jesus manifests as resurrected? Read your own text, but I'll suggest to you, most of the encounter's resurrection was at a table. Table is the place of resurrection. Do you know why the table is the place of resurrection? Because it's life, giving you life. Now, it could be a plant. It could be a piece of meat. It could be anything. But something that was once living is now being transferred to give you life. It's resurrection. That's why the table's so central. It displays in every word. You see, right from the way that Jesus is now lost in the tomb, we get the Emmaus Road. And it's this unpacking of the Christ from prophets right the way through. Gets to the place and they sit at the table and as they break bread, boom, they realize Christ is there. Because then they can run back, the two disciples, Cleopas and the unmentioned or the unnamed one, can run back and sit around and say, did not our hearts burn inside us? In other words, were we not on fire when his words came? I don't know what your fire is like. I'm not asking for a blaze like a bonfire. I mean, as a kid, we used to go every bonfire night. It was an event, you know, about 20, 30 of us would go to build this huge bonfire. And we'd look up the mountains. We all had our little axes. I don't know why our parents bought us axes, but anyway, we all had our little axes tied to our belts. And off we'd go up looking for trees and anything we could cut down. And then we'd have the tires. But the first thing is to get the center pole. We get this tallest tree we could find, and off we'd go. We found this tree once, and it was. A, I lived in a valley. There's a lot of houses on the on the hillside, and we were down and up into the. And we went up. We found this straight tree. I mean, it was magnificent. We thought, man, this is the center pole. So we hacked at this center pole, hacked at it, and it's, it, it's going to fall. And as it fall, the whole mountain went into darkness because it was a it was a pole that was holding up the wires. Why did we run? <laughs> so I'm not worried about big the fire is. I'm just asking for something's burning. 
I look after bees. I have a, uh, we have three hives, and we take a smoker down with us when we go to the hives, which is a little unit that you have to pump. You put a bit of flame in it, and the whole thing is not to get a flame. The whole thing is to get smoke. And you pump this thing until it smokes, because smoke dulls the bees. And it's pheromones. It's, that's how you control hives, and it pushes them down, and they, they get worried and go down to the base of the hive, thinking that they might be a fire. Because the hive has to be at constant temperature and the bees have a way of keeping it at constant temperature. If it's in the winter, they, um, they dis disconnect their wings and flap the muscles and it creates heat. If it's in the summer, they connect their wings and they flap and it creates cool. As a matter of fact, you know the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral that burnt? The only thing that didn't burn on the roof were the hives. Magnificent, really. The hives didn't burn because they had their own internal air conditioning and kept the fire away. But that's all I'm asking for you is, I don't care if it's an ember going back to the, the, the uh, smoker. When the smoke dies out, you can open it up and it looks dead, but that's all you need to do is pump it a bit and phew, flame comes up and you stick another load of cardboard or leaves, dried something just to create the smoke and keep it pumping. I don't care if it's an ember or a bonfire with a great, great center pole in it. So all I'm asking for is the fire of resurrection in each one of us, that we constantly come back to it, that constantly we're open of, oh God, let me encounter you. Clear my mind out. Clear my constructs out clear the way I put walls up Ern Baxter was a teacher a long long time ago he was a, a, a gruff uh, Canadian and Ern once said he used to God comes along I can't do the accent he said God comes along and sees the walls you built and you've said what wonderful walls look at these walls and he says nice walls and he goes over the top and says I'm off every construct you've got is less But that we see, <laughs> because Revelation chapter 1, a son of man wearing the long robe, gold sash across his chest, his head and hair white as wool as snow, and his eyes were flaming fire, his feet like polished brands. Hey, I'm not asking, but that's all I'm saying is that John saw a resurrected Christ. The Christ you know is the resurrected Christ. Pull him back to be full in front of mind. The wonder of it all. I love the story I read to you. I don't know if we could get into the emotion of it, really. The total loss that had gone on, the total disappointment of possibility, the sense of we've got nothing left because the man that said it, the man that was making it happen, gone, taken, wrenched so violently, beaten to a pulp. Remember, on the cross, it's not like even in the films we've seen, it's not as bad as that. It's not, it's not as nice as that. This man was unrecognizable because of the pulp. I can't grasp that. I don't know if I want to grasp it. And they've come to that. And she comes, Mary Magdalene, Mary from Magdalena, comes in darkness before the sun's up and wonder is about to break in on her see the songs we sing will mean a lot more when you capture a little bit of wonder the relationship they have when we capture a little bit of wonder when we look at the church the apple of God's eye. How dare we bite it and spit it out. The community, the ecclesia of God. Start looking at it with wonder. I don't know about you. I've fallen in love in Jesus and therefore I cannot not love the church. Because the Christ is the church. How dare we try and do the things we do to it. 
even in its brokenness. It is the apple of God's eye. It is the only answer this world has. And what a turmoil we're going through right now at our steps of number 10. Who on earth is going to be in there in the next three months? What are we going to go through again? Or oh, my friend out in Sri Lanka posting me stuff through of what's just happening now where the president's house is on fire and burning and he's trying to keep a community of what about six, seven hundred people with 40 churches across the country at peace in it all, which is Lalith and Haranthi. In all that, it's only the resurrected Christ is going to do the difference through the body, which is the apple of God's eye. That's why perhaps the New Testament writer says nothing about the sins we tend to catalog, but says about backbiting, gossiping. Those that are around the back, he said, put them away, have nothing to do with them. Perhaps. Because it's harming the apple of God's eye. But anyway, a people who've been wowed by resurrection. How real is it to you? I want to try and make it. I'm hoping that God will meet you in your sleep and not disturb you something awful. That resurrection enters in. See, it requires cultivating. John 1, John chapter 1, the first four verses. John writes in this, Listen, that which we've seen from the beginning, that which we've heard, that which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked on, We've touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Doesn't deny though, but he says, look, that which we've touched into, I now pass on to you. Considering there was no New Testament when he's, when he's making that statement, it's necessary to be the wow of resurrection. The wonder of resurrection. Andrew passed comment in this journey we're on at the moment. He's saying, look, we're going to move forward. But I think one of the phrases here, we'll have some fun. We'll have some fun. Hey, that's all the wonder of resurrection is. Let's have some, not just partying, but the joy of our salvation. For some, it's got too heavy. For some, it's got too political. For some, it's got too laborious. Let's get back to, whoa, resurrection. The wonder of resurrection was your first experience, your first meeting. The first meeting of community together. A wondrous lifestyle. Please beware we don't get caught under lesser motives, agendas, manipulations, emotions, self. But we cultivate the wonder of resurrection, my communion with Christ, and the wonder of resurrection of being in communion with one another. But the wonder of it, I didn't know this man until recently. What I've talked to him, I've enjoyed what I've heard but the wonder of being resurrected together. As a friend of ours, a guy called Steve, can't remember his surname, from Leeds. Um, he once, Steve Loughton, he once came down and uh, uh, he was here. We were sitting in above the, the, that area there with leaders from the town here. And uh, he said, I don't believe in new boy on the block or new person in there. I said, we said, well, how do you do it then, Steve? He said, well, it's like this. When someone new comes in, that group needs to die. And then you need to resurrect together. So there's no new boys because you've all resurrected together. So I said to Steve, I think that's fantastic. See, how do you do it? He said, I don't know. Which was like a sock in the eye. But what he said, I thought, what would it be like? So no one feels like new girl, new boy. Because each one, what would it be like for us as the apple of God's eye, willing constantly to die to self and die to resurrect inclusively? Now, before anyone takes up the word inclusive, inclusive means like God shines on the just and the unjust, rains on the just. It's basically anyone and everything. Don't 
highlight it and if, don't um, hijack it to a political lesser. God includes all. Oh, that all might be saved. That's inclusive. The wonder of resurrection. The wonder of it all. The wondrous life. The wonder of resurrecting with you together every Sunday morning that we come resurrection. What would happen? What would we be? Where would we go? That everything in the week, dead, and now resurrected. That when someone walks in through the door, there's this open heaven connection and what they feel is resurrection. Rather than having to preach, we don't judge here. We don't put you down here. No, come and touch and taste our resurrection. It would write out some of the overtly way that we have to go through. Hey, I really, hmm. you are living with the consequences of past. So am I. I empathize with it, but I want to live with you in resurrection where everyone is resurrected and met the resurrection in the personhood of Christ. So that we can say, I'm seated with him. Because I'm raised with him. See, we can preach as much as we want about seated with Christ. If we do not believe we've been raised with him, it's pointless. It's, we're resurrected. In resurrection, I love this, which is the pictures we've had. God initiates it. It's not down to me. God breaks in. It's like Ernie saying to me, God help you, you can't pray it up. It's, a, it's just God breaks in. Huh. I was away at a conference which he and Mick Howes used to tease me awful in a place called Badger's Rick. They used to tease us all, but it was a deep encounter to a, a group of ministries. And at that deep encounter, there were two men that were deemed significant in a move of God 40 years ago in this country, which was Brendan and Kerry Jones. And God breaks in on us, and the both of them wash my feet in their tears. Resurrection broke in on us. Can't stay the same. Can't stay the same. Whether it's the Christ personally or someone else manifesting because the Christ turns up. Can't stay the same. Resurrected. God initiates. God steps in and God is always there to initiate. If we just commune. And I don't care how small or how big that communion is. I really don't. Or how fleeting, fleeting it might be. Because for most of us, that's how it is. Things get in the way. Relationships impede. Events undermine. Last week it was horrible. Wales lost narrowly, to mention rugby, keep a theme for Charles, to the uh, South Africans. Yesterday they won by one point. So I'm feeling great, but it wasn't resurrection. I came out from watching it, because all our kids, all of them were there, and all the grandkids were in our garden yesterday. And as I came out, and Sandra said, they won then, did you? I can tell by the smile on your face. <laughs> In all its glory, the first time ever Wales beat South Africa on home ground. All that stuff good. It's not a strip on meeting resurrection. 
It really isn't. And meeting resurrection in you. Have you ever talked to someone and you thought, wow, I feel. I know what it was. Oh, man, it was good. It was, and all my butts went out through the wall and all my if nots went down the hole and wow. Resurrection meant resurrection. Christ invaded our time space with his love and resurrected and brought you and me in the initiation of it all. God, initiate, we respond. And God is very serious about initiating. What do you think what we call incarnation? Christ coming as a baby. What do you think God becoming? God laying aside all eternity and taking on the new flesh of humanity. Stepped into a changing room. Took off all glory. Because John 17 tells that the glory you gave me before the foundation of the earth that I've got back, I now give to them. You and me. So he had something. Took it all off. I have no idea how. Did he unbutton? I wonder if there was a zip in it. I don't know. But took off glory. And stepped out. Clothed with flesh. And the womb of Mary became the changing room. And resurrection was at its pace. Isaiah 55 says of God. I'm trying to pull it together now. And says this. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are high than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your things. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, produce seed for the farmer, the bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word it's sent out it always produces fruit it will accomplish all i want it to and it will prosper wherever i send it christ the jesus and the wonder of resurrection the incarnation was the initiation of the rain and the snow sent out to produce you and me To be the extension of God and the exact representation of a living word. It's not a put down scripture. Because Isaiah moves on to the end. Do you realize you can't have my thoughts but I'll give you my thoughts. That you might think my thoughts. And be my action. Christ came in unveiled eternity in time and said, your kingdom come. Mary, see me as I am, not as I was. That's resurrection. To see him as he was, is the Christ of history. To see him as he is, is the Christ of revelation. Eyes, tongue, a flame and on fire. The invitation of rest. I've got so much, but I won't say any more. But bar from the saying this, Looking at the Emmaus Road, looking at the, the other one, resurrection meal, the next resurrection was a beach breakfast. Remember the story? Out in the boat, put your net the other side. And Jesus is on the beach and said, come and have some breakfast. The fish is burning. But this was resurrection. 
round the table again. But that's all it was. They believed. And how did they believe? They participated. You have had a resurrection encounter. What does that mean? Participate in what God's doing then. Don't go down the avenue where we don't know what God's doing. Instead of being individualism, find a group of people and be part of what they're doing there. They believed and they participated. That's resurrection. So when was the last time that came full in your memory even? When was the last time it opened out to, oh my God. Have you had those gentle times where you've turned your heart to ask God in prayer? And you've thought, well, just a quick prayer. And when you've got there, I don't want to leave here. The moment is too special and too pregnant. The moment is, I don't know what it is. Just whisper, because something unusual is here. Could be behind the wheel of the car, could be on top of the mountain, could be by the foot of your bed. I don't really care where it is. But the moment you thought, I'll just spend a moment, and you thought, oh, I think I'd better spend an hour. Because <sighs> I, my Lord. That's a resurrection moment. Equally as much as a huge knockdown flying, or men weeping over your feet, or the power of God laying you out, or whatever it might be. But in that moment, resurrection just stepped into a normal moment. I said, Just see me. Father, I pray that we will become much more aware of the wonder of resurrection in the days ahead. I pray that this community in this town will be known as a resurrection community, offering that encounter of you and being that encounter of you. Make it living, O oh God, that our fingers pulsate that our mind is alert and living, that our spirit is so kindled that love overwhelms us and we pour out our love towards you. May you have a great week. May resurrection totally resurrect you. May it disturb you May every plan be burnt up in resurrection thinking. And may Christ be in every corner of every room you walk in. And may Christ be in every corner of your own life as resurrection. Have a great week.